Welcome to the Property Nomads podcast. And here is your host, Rob Smallbone. Welcome to another episode of the Property Nomads podcast. I'm delighted to be joined today by Andy Gwynn. Andy is considered to be one of the most sought-after LinkedIn speakers, trainers and coaches in the UK, Europe and even the world. He's a leading business coach, speaker and author who has coached hundreds of business owners and corporate directors to greater profitability, financial freedom and successful relationships across their business and personal lives. On top of that, Andy's been investing in property for 15 plus years. Uh, Andy, welcome and thank you for your time. Hey, yeah, you're welcome, Robin, and thanks. I've been looking forward to speaking with you. In terms of in terms of property, I mean, I mean, there's, there's going to be so much fantastic you know, nuggets of information to extract from you throughout the course of this episode. But flipping onto the property, we'll start there. What got you involved in property in the first place? Yeah, great question. Because somebody asked me that the other day um, socially, and I, and I said I enjoyed beating my older cousin at Monopoly when I was a kid. Um, but, but actually, I only beat him because his mom, my auntie, told me where he landed. I wasn't paying attention. So that actually taught me to pay attention to things in life. Um, I've always been interested in numbers and, well, money. Um, I've always run businesses for other people and ma- been in management. And so it was the thought of money coming in, I guess. So in 2000, my pair, my old man retired and he was he's a doctor. So my mom and dad went to New Zealand. He got a, a year sabbatical. And mom didn't want to leave the house empty. And she didn't want any strangers house sitting. So I said, I'll, I'll move in, I'll house sit. And um, while I do that, I'll rent my house out. And back then, I was a sort of employed branch sales manager. And at the end of 12 months, when they came back, I went, this is cool. I've been making 433 quid a month extra. Um, back then, I didn't realize you've got to declare it, although that has long, long, long been sorted with the revenue, just in case. <laughs> and I thought, this is cool. I'll buy another house to go and live in. And I'll keep that rented out. And then I met Mary, my partner in 2003, Mary Collin. And she at the time, or had been, founder president of the Professional Speakers Association in the Midlands. And Simon Zucci was on her committee. So when I met Mary, she introduced me to Simon. And those of you that know Simon, who's the founder and CEO of Property Investors Network, um, back then he had one pin meeting a month, which was in Birmingham, that he was running himself. And when he set up his flagship mastermind program in 2007 i'd been coaching him in his business and he said i want you to come in on this and, and help me develop it so i sort of i've been attending pin meeting or the pin meeting with him and i was coaching him in his business as he started to grow that and i jumped in on mastermind and i've been on a one-day program with his as well since and he sort of changed the way i looked at property or added to the way i looked at property um, and I can go on to what's happened since then, but that's how it all started, really. So accidental landlord in 2000, like many, many, many people. Um, and, and just from there, realized that this was a great leverage way to, to make money. And the more I learned about business, uh, the more I understood that, that this ought to be a key part to most people's strategy for creating wealth. In, in terms of in terms of um, monopoly, I have to ask this. I always find that if you have like the orange sections like Vine Street and that and Marlborough <laughs> Avenue and then the reds, did you find that that was getting that sort of corner of the board was was most beneficial? Or did you have a different strategy? I, I don't know, Rob. I'm not I'm not sure any of them work consistently because you've always got the look of the dice or the unlook of the dice. Um, 
I just used to enjoy winning, I suppose. I used to enjoy acquiring, accumulating stuff. I was thinking this through the other day as well. And, and I just, I remember my, it must have been my mom and my dad encouraging me to save, even if it was just money in a money box. So I used to like accumulating. I used to love the cash that you got in Monopoly. Um, I used to love counting cash. I still have a little metal millionaire's, millionaire's fund tin in my bedroom where I just chuck all the coppers and all the silver now because I can afford the silver, not just the coppers. And I enjoy counting that up and cashing it in at my local pub who have to, apparently have to pay to get cash from the bank. So they'll swap my cash. Um, so I, I don't know whether there was a strategy. Um, I guess the cheaper ones, it's a balance. It, is, it was a balance. And it's a great question, Rob, because fundamentally I'm a business coach and I believe that human beings, we're capable of far, far more than uh, most of us achieve. And, and I'm sure you're going to discuss more, more around that and the personal development side. Um, where was I going with this? I think it's a balance. As we're talking it through, I'm thinking it's what I call the Lord of Zero. So if you've got the old Kent Road, the little brown ones, you, you, you're not going to make lots of money, but they're, they're quick and easy to buy because you can afford them. But the Mayfairs and Park Lanes and the green ones, they're more expensive to buy. You're going to make more money, but you might not be able to buy them straight away. But the middle of the road ones, you probably could. And I guess it's a bit like property because I was talking to a client of mine who's a corporate sales director on a couple of hundred grand a year and once out and, and we're talking about him getting into property and and he, he was talking about his risk and, and his fears this was yesterday at lunchtime and I said it's what I call the law of zeros if if you can remember when you might have been earning 10 grand a year you might look at someone who's making 100 grand I looked at my old sales director when I was in my 20s and thought how the heck do you get that job how do you become experienced, qualified to do it? And then when you're making 100 grand, you look back and go, how on earth did I survive on 10? But then I look at my mate running a million pound business going, how the heck do you get a million? In the same way, when Mary and I got together, we sold our houses to go buy one together. And it was Simon Zucci came around to her house and he was going to buy her house, bought his build around, was going to turn it into a HMO, a multi-let. And Mary wouldn't go around with him because it was she was emotionally attached to it. But I went around with him and I was looking at what he was doing with his build and I was thinking, there's no way I could do this. And I don't know the building team. I wouldn't know who to trust. I can't imagine managing five, six, seven rooms and turning something into this many rooms. And then within a year or so, I remember saying to Mary, we should have done this because now I've got HMOs. Now I'm looking at conversions and bigger things with joint venture partners. So maybe that was the strategy was was to start with what you think gets the best results and, and, and recognize that and then look at what can you do that's bigger. Because I don't know, that, that was a long way around the answer, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is this podcast is all about adding as much value as possible. I'm sure having touched on monopolies, we already have. It's uh, you know we like to keep people on their toes, so there's there's no right or wrong way of answering any question at all. But in terms of in terms of that, and you're going back a long time there, I would say a lot of people are going to know who Simon Zucci is. Touching on on the property, one thing that I've noticed that you have done is you've bought um, a property that's 50% BMV in Spain. Now, a lot of people will say, oh, you know, don't buy abroad and, you know, don't do this and don't do that. So how did you end up acquiring, you know, you know such a heavily discounted property in, in a foreign market and how have you found that so far? Hey, great, great question. Um, I think the big distinction, well, let me, let me answer it this way because it's interesting. I also did some work with Rick Otten. 
Um, I, I delivered LinkedIn training to his advanced students a few years ago and sat through his program. And me and Rick talked, talked about um, doing some work strategically. He, he was buying a house in Spain and wanted to set it up as his European office. And, and you may have read the press as to what's happened to Rick sort of recently. Um, I sort of don't care. I judge people as they are and stuff happens. Um, but I never went into JV with him because I was thinking, I don't want to invest abroad because there's so much opportunity here. And it's like any business. You've got to know what you're doing. And the challenge with property is there's so many different strategies, especially now since the, you know, the big crash, you know, 708, when the financial markets, the back-to-back remortgages stopped overnight. And most people were just delivering on one strategy, which was buy cheap, refinance, get cash out, and it may or may not be cash positive. And then they got burnt because they've been living off that cash. But what comes out of hardship is innovation. And, and although lease options have been around for centuries in corporate life, you know, HMOs had been around a little bit, but nowhere near. They they suddenly boomed and the marketplace had also changed. Now we've got SAs. We've got so much more choice. So I went, no, I just want to invest in the UK. I've got plenty I can do. I believe there is always a way. But what I'm passionate about sharing that, I said earlier that I believe most human beings, we underestimate what we can do or we underachieve what we're capable of. Why can mothers lift cars off, um, you know, trap children? Why can people walk hot coals barefoot? Um which which I've done and, and work, work with a lot of people to do. I spoke at a London PIN meeting years ago and I was networking at the beginning and a lady was saying to me, oh, you can't get BMV deals in London. Now, my view is the moment you say you can't do something, it's going to be probably self-fulfilling. But I stepped on stage in front of 100 people and I said, before I start, who's, who's, got a, who's had a BMV deal in London? And a whole bunch of hands went up and I just said, lady, wherever you are, go figure, go talk to these people, go work it out. So I'm a big believer that anything's possible. I'm also a big, big believer, and this is where I got into LinkedIn, is that word of mouth, our network equals our net worth. There's a lot of people quoting that. Um, it's about as much who we know as what we know. So I was, Mary and I had always had a goal. Mary had had a lifetime dream. She's 10 years older than me. Her a dream for at least 30 years. She's not 30, she's 61, so it's not a lifetime, but for a long, long time, was to live in Spain. She speaks Spanish. She loves it. We both got a vision and a dream to be in the heat. You know, I don't like the British weather. I love the sun. I, you know, I, when I was 23, I tried to go to Florida and buy a boat. I was there a month, came back because it didn't work. In my mid-20s, I went and volunteered with a, a charity as a scuba diver in Central America and lived in a hammock for four months. I've always wanted to travel and be in the heat. So we got this vision and this dream and that we, we sat down with a checklist because you've got two people and, you know, what, what's the boxes it's got to meet? And I needed to be by the sea because I'm a scuba diver. I'm passionate about that. Mary wanted to be in Spain. We both wanted the heat. So, I you know, I didn't care. And we'd spent years. We'd had a lot of timeshare. So we've always traveled. You know, the last six, seven years, we've had 10, 12, 16 weeks abroad each year working because we can work remotely. And that's why I like the, the, your word nomads. Um, so I can relate to that. We'll come on to that. So we'd always wanted to. So we'd gone out there, we'd looked around and we'd spend the time looking around. But we'd also told everybody we knew. And I was actually getting fed up with a few people going, I thought you were living in Spain. Haven't you, been, haven't you moved to Spain yet? And then one day, and it was about 15 months ago, a mate of mine rang me and said, I have a coaching client who is a coach. She's inheriting this property off her dead stepmother that used to be a stepfather. So life's always a bit interesting. But unfortunately, she's starting chemotherapy and she wants zero stress. She doesn't want this property. They have a holiday home in, in Italy. She wants shot of, but it means getting rid of 
dead stepmother's clothes and stuff and emptying the house. But also, if you can deal with lawyers down there that she ought to be flying out to deal with, you can have it at half price. She just wants shot off. But you've got to move quickly. Now, I'm big into massive action, and we can talk about my formula for success. And you know in property, often speed is what wins. And, and in business, generally making fast decisions wins. So I rang her there and then and drove an hour and a half the next day to meet with her, me and Mary, and pick up the keys. And the interesting thing is we couldn't fly out to see it for two weeks because we got timeshare up in the northeast. And the earliest time we could get a flight out there was two weeks later. And I said, we'll leave our car in Newcastle, which is four hours away from where I live. And we'll fly out to Malaga and we'll fly back into Newcastle and drive back down home three days later. And we got on a plane and Mary said, what if I don't like it? I said, I'll buy it anyway. It's 50% BMV. We've got a big enough network. We, we are masters at marketing. Um, we, we can holiday let it or we'll do something. Anyway, she fell in love with it. And so we bought it. And it was valued at just about, well, it, it was valued about 100 grand. And we got it for 55,000 euros, which you can work out the pound equivalent. <laughs> And it's a big three-bedroomed house with a massive 10-metre roof terrace that's on the edge of a village looking down the valley to the sea. And I mention all of that because that had been our goal. So actually, it wasn't an investment property, but it got a lovely annex. It got a separate bedroom um, and utilities room out onto a separate um, terrace onto the main road, onto the main road, onto the street. Um, and so we could, it's certainly a granny flat, it's where my parents have stayed, but it could have. we could have separated it and Airbnb'd it. But Rob, my mortgage on it's 180 quid a month and a little, bit of, a little bit of insurance. Not bad. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, can't, I can't rent a room out for that. <laughs> um, so it was a no brainer. But the point I make is, could you do that as an investment? Yes, you could. Same rules apply. You probably need to know a bit, do a bit of due diligence about the area. Um, is there a market? You know, someone said, oh, what about the Spanish market? It's actually on the up around property, although they've got big unemployment. Could, could you buy it, something like that, as, as a sort of holiday let? Yes, you could if you wanted to. But our, the point I make is we've been clear. We run quarterly planning sessions. Every 90 days, we put business owners and property investors in a room, help them get clear on their vision. What does that mean is their 12-month business plan? What does that mean for the next quarter? I'm a business coach. I've worked with clients for years around what, what are you doing this for? And, and you know this. You will hear what I love about the property industry is there's a high level of personal development. And often it's about what's your reason why are you investing? And, and I'm running a business and I'm investing so that we can spend more time living in Spain and traveling the world. And, and I don't, I'm not working because I'm financially free. So we now fly backwards and forwards every month because we have to be in the UK. We now host the Birmingham NEC pin. We took that on because that was part of the strategy to build the network and build opportunities and deals. Um, and so we fly back for that. Um, and any other meetings we might have. But obviously things like this that you and I are doing now, you, we, you and I can do from anywhere in the world and in, 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 in any way. So that's how that deal came about. And it doesn't really surprise me that the, the fact that you, yourself and Mary had this sort of dream, this vision, this ideology of wanting to live in you know, a hot country or wanting to live in Spain and then throughout you know, growing your network, growing your net worth, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That uh, almost like this like, law of attractions in place because you're, you're, you're facilitating it by the actions you're taking, for sure, that you're both taking. But you had this vision, you had this dream, and that's come to fruition. So, you know, for anyone that's listening to this that might not have their why, might not have, you know, their dreams, their visions or so forth, you know, written down or somewhere, you know, get them down because it's no surprise when this 
happens and you get to hear these great stories. And, and you know what, Rob? I, I passionately believe nowadays in, in 21st century, in the, I wasn't going to mention the time, but people don't know the time. We're in 2019, aren't we? I think it is, it is so much more possible for so many more people. Most people don't stop and think. I met my old boss the other day and he runs a 10 million pound business. Um, and I've known him 30 years ish and he's nearly 60. And I said, what are you going to do with the business? He said, I don't know. I said, well, you got your son in the business. He said, yeah, I don't think he's capable of running it. I said, so what are you going to do? He said, I don't know. And he got embarrassed and I knew he would because he said the same to me two years before. He has no vision of the, you know, the big plan. And yet this guy could so easily afford to do anything he, he, he chose to do. Um, and I can't believe, however happy you might be, that you're happy going to work pretty much nine to five, eight thirty till five thirty most days and sitting behind a desk dealing with a bunch of people that you're not cl necessarily close friends with. Um, so most people have never stopped to think. And, and the reason I shout about this a lot is because it is possible. People go, oh, you, you can't, it's easy said, you can't do it. Y you can, and you can do it a lot easier now with, <laughs> with the internet, with technology, with online businesses. I've got a, a, a girl I met who lives in Guernsey, invests in property on the mainland UK, never comes to mainland. She's got all her team um, over here. She can get someone to go view, someone to negotiate, someone to deal, someone to refurb, someone to let it out. But, and I've got a contact now whose business is just providing you with well-trained, systemized VAs from the Philippines. And if you've read Tim Ferriss's The 4-Hour Workweek, he built a global business and never met his team because he was traveling around the world. And that was a long time ago. And, and that this is why I mention it, because people say, oh, you can't do it. My sister has worked in the NHS all of her life. And I always was interested to see what would happen when her youngest boy went to university, which happened last September. That was last September. Um, we're in we're in April now and her husband's just been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And, and that has changed their lives because they're both self-employed. And I'm mentioning that because you never know what's around the corner. So I, I urge people to to not just to dream for well dream first and then plan and act and, and you might need to learn stuff but there is so much opportunity for people to do what they want to do and, and property is it's if not the best it's one of the best it's it's my vehicle to achieve financial freedom i've got a bunch of other revenue streams but but they're not going to give me the longevity and financial freedom that property can give me property is a fantastic asset class you know without a shadow of a doubt sometimes it's difficult to you know, when you're in the here and now, when you're in the moment, you know, sometimes it's difficult to see the see the bigger picture, but you have to do your best to see that picture because, you know, it's easy to, as you say, 2019, it's easy to talk about this now, but it's when we have the same conversation in 10 years, 20 years time, and you actually look back on it and go, whew, damn, you know, look how much my properties have gone up by, or, you know, look, you know, look at my portfolio, look at my different, you know, multiple streams. Um, yeah, sometimes it's just difficult when, when you're in the here and now to to see in the long term, but it's something that needs to be done. Yeah, that's because I think most, what, what's the saying? When when you're up to your ears in alligators, you sometimes forget you came here to clear the swamp. But <laughs> I've never heard that before. That's brilliant. Have you, you can have that. It's some, I don't know where it's somebody's. Um, but it's saying what you said, you know, when you're in the here and now, it can be busy and, and you don't see the bigger picture. But I think because most people don't have a bigger picture. And this is where the clearer you are on the bigger picture, and I'll throw all sorts of stuff in as much as you want because I'm passionate about this. There's a great book by a guy called Hal Elrod called The F um, Miracle Morning. 
And he, one of the things he talks about is, is visual. He's got a process. He's got a five-step process for you to do every day. And, and it's a lot of around what I've been teaching for, for years. And one of it is visualization. And when we, when we were working on this deal in Spain, I remember thinking, I've got to stop and imagine what I want my days to look like when I'm in Spain. Because I cannot just repeat what I'm doing here, there. Because for years I wanted to be abroad. But when I went abroad and I met expats working in a bar, I remember thinking, I don't just want to swap a job for a job into the sunshine. So I had to, I pictured how I wanted my days to look. And you talked about law of attraction. Some interesting things have happened. But you've got to have the bigger picture. And you've got to, you've got to map it out in detail. And then you can map out the goals to get there. And sat-nav, I think, is one of the best inventions in the 21st century. But it's a great analogy. Sat-nav wants to know exactly where you want to go, not just the town. You put in the postcode. And then it, it obviously works out and knows exactly where you are right now. And then it works out the best route. And if you deviate from that, it stops and recalculates it. You know, it stuns me. We, we have, have had hundreds and hundreds of people come through our quarterly planning day in the last 15 years. And a lot of people don't repeat it. They come a few times and then stop. And I think they go off track and they don't, they get busy. Like you said, when you're up to your ears in alligators, they're busy firefighting, doing the do. They're busy being, Brad Sugar's my mentor who founded Action Coach, who's worth about a hundred million, says most people are too busy to make money. They're busy, full of busyness. They're not running a business. They're full of busyness. And what was I, where was I going with that? Is people at SatNav stops and recalculates. And that's part of the power. And we've had some amazing things. I've had an accountant that was a client of mine said, I've never, I've lost the ability to dream. Come into these planning sessions. He'd done this. He since sold his accountancy practice. His wife has left teaching in higher, uh, further education. And his 21-year-old son has joined the business. They host the Cheltenham Pin and they are big into um, um, serviced accommodation and HMOs. And they were in Zucci's top five performers of the mastermind program they went through. And he will attribute a lot of that to getting very, very clear on the plan and the dream of what he wanted, not just for him, but his family. And then they worked out a, a sat-nav route. They worked out a plan. And yes, things change. And yes, you tweak it. And, but what sat-nav doesn't let you go off. It stops and recalculates and brings you back to your destination if that destination is still where you want to go. And, and I think... I think that's what's powerful. People lose sight. They don't lose sight of the bigger picture, Rob, because I think a lot of people don't have a bigger picture. And when you've got a bigger picture, yes, keep sight of it. You know, I have a lot of coaching clients when they get stressy or in overwhelm, I go, how clear is your plan? They go, I haven't really visited it for a few weeks. So you're right. It's about getting a bigger picture and then keeping sight of the bigger picture. Yeah, that's a great reference you make to Satna because at the end of the day, you will get your destination, how you get there. Uh, could vary and there are going to be times where you might have a an obstacle you know in the way or you have to take a diversion but the key thing is you will get there eventually but you'll get there if you know where you're going if you have no idea where you're going in the first place you're going to run around like a headless chicken yeah that's right um another great phrase that brad sugar's taught me is you've got to learn to earn so i i have a, f a formula for success do you want that now would you want that a bit later? No, absolutely. Let's, let's hear it. It'd be fantastic. Right. Your, your accountants, engineers and techies might not be that impressed, but it's it, the, the formula for success is massive action, MA. So MA times RS. Massive action times the right stuff. MA times RS times C, which is consistency, consistently, equals R for results. 
So massive action times the right stuff times consistently equals results. And if you think about it, um, <clears throat> one of the best examples, a couple of examples, um, years ago, I had a mate of mine ring me up and said, can I have the name of your telemarketer? I, I want some telemarketing done. I said, sure. I rang him back. I said, how'd you get on? He said, oh, great. She's doing 400 calls a week for me. And I went, oh, heck. He said, what do you mean? I said, well, she's doing 100 for me. So if I just increase my action, if I quadruple my activity, if everything else stays the same, my results will quadruple, won't they? Now, you can take massive action. I can do a load of phone calls. But if my script is terrible, my ability to create rapport and my you know, engagement is, is and my ability to add value and ask for the sale is terrible. Massive action times zero equals zero. But let's say I've learned. So you've got to learn to do the stuff. I can go and knock on all, do all the door drops or knock on all the estate agencies' doors for, for property. But if my adverts are, are terrible or my landlord letters are terrible or my door drops are, are poor from a marketing perspective, massive action times zero equals zero. But if I've learned how to write great door drops, um, or great let landlord letters, or I learned how to engage with people on the phone when I'm dealing with estate agents. And then I just go and send out, I had a builder coaching client. And I said, what do you do to get your, your deals? And he said, oh, I've sent out door drops. I said, cool, how many have you sent out? And he said, 20,000. I said, oh, wow, that's cool, that's big. I said, uh, let's have a look at your letter, your door drop. Is it, is it any good? Yeah, it's got a headline. It was full of value. It actually got a lady's name to call because when I'd split tested two adverts, ring Andy or ring Mary, people ring for Mary. I might still answer and go, I'm sorry, she's on the other line. Can I help you? It's psychology. It's what works from a marketing perspective. His, his door drop was, was good. I said, cool. I said, how often do you send out 20,000 leaflets? He said, I've done it once. I said, what happened? He said, I got a deal. I said, what was it worth to you? He said, about 20 grand. And he went quiet. I said, are you still there? He said, yeah, I've got another 50,000 leaflets in my shed. I don't, need you. I don't need this conversation anymore. I'll speak to you next week. I know what I need to do. So if you're not getting the results in your property or your life or your business, then all you've got to do is look at which of those three do I need to improve on? And you're right. You've got to learn about property. There's a lot of strategies. That's why I'm passionate and a mate of mine ring me and he said, I need to get into property. What do I need to do? I said, oh, heck, you need to read some books and you need to go on some courses. I can't tell you in 10 minutes. You know? And that's why I love what PIN do and the, some of the other training organizations. I know PIN. I know Simon Zuti extremely well, as I said, and his and my values are aligned. Um, his book has impacted on many, many lives and started people getting into property. Um, so that's the right stuff that they teach you. You've then got to take action on it. But also you've got to do it consistently. And I think that's an area a lot of people fall down on because human beings will take the easy option. For us, psychologically, it's easy not to. And I've just I've worked with a few national sporting champions. And I'm working with a lady at the moment who's, who's looking to go to the Olympics. And you ask anybody, any, any athlete at that level, um, what do they do? They'll, they'll show you consistency. They, they don't go training for a few days and then have a load of zag days eating crap. They, 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 they're training consistently and dieting consistently and getting coached consistently. So that's a great, for me, I've, I've had people, I've coached business owners and property investors week in, week out around that formula. You know, what do we need to learn? What's the right stuff? How can we get better at what we're doing? What do we need to know? How can we do more, but do more with less, not just, not do, just do more and work harder. I'm a, I'm a massive advocate of we can work smart, not hard, but we can take more action through all sorts of ways nowadays and working smarter is so important as well it says you're going to end up 
chasing your tail otherwise and that's a great formula thanks for sharing and put that in the uh you know in the show notes for people to reference uh, along with the miracle morning as well really a really fantastic book and yeah you're absolutely you're absolutely spot on it's if you're not doing the right stuff or you're not doing it with any consistency and you're not taking massive action as you say you times anything by zero you're going to get zero so you have to be very strategic in what you do and be consistent and you have to take the time to you know effectively as i like to say do your homework so you know you don't get into property and you know you know everything after five minutes it doesn't happen it's going to take a long time you have to zone in on you know a strategy or two something along those lines learn and you'll make mistakes and you learn from those mistakes and you just you know continue to get better i think it's tony robbins that come up with the cani which is constant and never-ending improvement and that's what business and life and property is all about yep Absolutely. I mean, I study with Robbins and, and some of his crew and, and yeah, that can I principle is great. But also he talks about and I did this when I started with Action Coach, which is a global business coaching firm. Their, their model still is about putting people into seminar to make sales out, out of the seminar, um, give people a load of value and then, you know, make, make sales. Robbins said he did more seminars or speaking gigs in the first year of him getting into his stuff than most professional speakers on the circuit did in 10 years therefore by default he became as good as a 10-year-old veteran and I, I can sort of challenge that around because if, if the, but so I went out and went that makes sense first of all so I went and did a load of seminars load of speaking gigs and I've done more than most of my colleagues and most other people I met and I know that I'm good people tell me that I'm good people get value from it I get lots of inbound testimonials and stuff I've been doing it 15 years but you can do take massive action but if it isn't the right stuff Mary gave me a great phrase years ago I don't know where she got it from but she said practice makes permanent not perfect because if you practice crap you'll get permanent crap if you practice inefficiency or you practice what if you practice third division you get third division so it's got to be the right stuff as well as massive action so it's got to be practice makes permanent and so yeah, he took massive action. He he is the master of teaching massive action, and that's where I got it from. You know, I studied with him in the first year or so that I that I got into business coaching, having left employment. How was it to be learning from Tony Robbins? I mean, how did how? I mean, I, I can I've never learned from Tony Robbins apart from reading books and so forth. But I can imagine that. It's an absolutely phenomenal and life-changing experience. Is that something you can relate to? Yeah, it's it's interesting. So when I joined Action Coach, um, and Brad Sugars has also been on the personal development circuit for, for years. Um, I'd certainly know he'd worked with the Rob Kiyosaki's mob at some level decades ago. Um, he's younger than Tony Robbins. So when I joined Action Coach, they give you an inordinate amount of books and CDs back then and study for personal development because you're going to coach people to grow businesses. But also the biggest thing that stops people is themselves. So I have two keynote presentations. One is how to get more property out of LinkedIn or more business out of LinkedIn. Uh, I'm speaking tonight at a property event on how to do that. And the other one is I call it how to reboot your neck top computer and control your inner critic. Because I believe the unconscious mind, the human mind, is the most powerful computer out there. So I was reading, and, and a lot of a lot of what stops people is their internal stuff. So we can talk about learn the right stuff. But I had a guy yesterday who said, well, I think the property market's risky. Well, if you've got that in your mind, 
you, you, uh, you've got to reposition that, otherwise it's going to stop you from doing stuff. If people have a belief that I'm not confident, I'm not capable, I'm not a salesperson, I'm not competitive enough, whatever it is. So I, I, I read this and I was given Robbins' book. I'd been given it 15 years before, never touched it, never read it. And there was a thing in there that changed the way I looked at the relationships I was having, which was quite profound. And when I got into action, they talked about it within a year. And, and actually, I, the, I met Mary just before I went out on training. I bought into Action Coach franchise. There was 11 days training in Brisbane. And before I went, the, a week or two before I went, or a few weeks, I met Mary. And she, the night she'd come back from Robbins's Unleash the Power Within four-day event down at Excel Centre London. And she was buzzing and flying around the room. And we were talking about a lot of stuff. And so the next year I went. And yes, it were, It was powerful for me. There's 10,000 people in a room. I mean, a lot of people go, I don't like the rah-rah. I don't like the American stuff, um, which is interesting because people said that to me about Brad Sugars. And I go, well, he's an Aussie, so I'm not quite sure. People close their minds to stuff. And I think with anything, not just Robbins, is if you open your mind and immerse yourself in it and go, what can I get from this that's going to help me? You will find something. And, and he is the master of a lot of stuff. Um, and so I was open to learning. This stuff just resonated with me. And, and a lot of what I'd been brought up to believe, you know, my mother had always taught me that there's always a way um, that um, she, my mother's sort of very spiritual. Um, my father's a scientific doctor. So that's an interesting mix. Um, my mother was my spiritual mentor saying, you know, always taught me about having an open mind. So when I came back from that, I then volunteered to crew. And then their, their crew director at the time, a phenomenal guy called Steve Linder, I don't know whether he's still crewing for them, I'm going back 15 years, um, was running an NLP course and I, I went on that and, and that was just phenomenal. Uh, I was, that, that, I'm passionate about that in so many ways, whether it's just writing, marketing, psychology, whether it's communicating with people now, whether it's trying to get your kids to pick their toys up, whether it's um, how to help people cure phobia or get over phobias or how to get people confidence to stand on stage and speak. The, the NLP tools and, and others out there are phenomenal at doing that. And, and I've always been passionate about how, how do we unlock this potential in, in the human mind? And, and so I studied with them and I've studied with a lot of other world-class trainers in the UK and abroad, been on lots of courses, read lots of books um, because it just helps me. Jim Rohn, a lot of people will have heard about the great, late, great Jim Rohn used to quote, you should work harder on yourself than you do on your job. And it is about personal development. He also quotes, never wish that life was easier, wish that you were better. So I've always been one about, this is about me getting better. My coaching clients are open to being challenged, to being pushed, to facing stuff they're not comfortable with, because it's then that you move and grow. You've got to keep growing because things will, things will overtake you. So I was watching a video of Robbins's the other day, and I haven't seen much of his stuff for years. And, and it's still just I understand what he's doing and, and how he works to, at some level. <laughs> I'm not professing. If, if, if he's top of the championship, I might be in Division Three. I, I, I know how to play the game, I think. Um, he's, he's just he's just world class. He's the best at what he does. And um, whether whether you like the style or not, you know, I, I used to give audio CDs out of Brad Sugars and he's very Australian, very brash. And people go, I don't like him. I go, I don't care whether you like him or not. What did you get from the content? Um, you know, to open your mind. People are too easy to, to close down. And go, I don't like him. Um, 
it's, you may not like him, but he's worth Bradshaw is worth a hundred million. There's probably something you can learn. Robbins is probably he's worth more than that. I think um, Robbins has coached royalty and and politicians and global sporting stars. So there's there's something to learn from him, isn't there? Um, it's the way I look at it. You and I both, without a shadow of a doubt, purely because I don't know. I'm trying to trying to think of the best way to word it. I think if if you if you then become not yourself, but you know anyone that's listening, um, if you become stagnant then you're going to go into regression at some point. It's like um, stagnation is like inflation in, in a really bizarre way because if, if you stay still and don't do anything to yourself or do anything to improve or change your position, again, over time you regress. That's the same, it's the same with inflation because mm. if you stay there and you let inflation do the work that it does, obviously pushing up prices, etc., you then have less purchasing power with your money, so you're going to have less power, so you're going to end up regressing because you're not trying to move with the times. That's probably one of the worst analogies I've ever tried coming up with, but in my you mind know, it Rob, makes Rob, sense. I actually think that's a cool analogy, and I've never looked at it like that, so I'm, I'm going to take that. I think you're right. I, mean, I remember years ago, being, again, I quote Brad Sugars because I learned so much from being in that franchise and that environment for, for seven years. I went around the world um, mixing and becoming friends with some very high-level entrepreneurial business coaches. And one of the things he used to quote was, you, you're either, living things are either growing or dying. You cannot stand still. And apparently that's the principle of the third law of thermodynamics. And he, he would say the same with businesses, which of course is true. You can't, I, I get business owners that go, well, I just want to, you know, if I can just do what I did last year, rubbish, you, you're going to lose clients. At the worst, some die, let alone go buy from your competitors. Um, and I remember talking to a guy years ago and I said, um, that apparently, if you've heard of the third law of thermodynamics, and this guy went, well, the second law quotes, blah, 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 blah. I went, whoa, no, I, I'm not, I'm not it. Um, academic enough to understand and quote laws I said I just understand the principle of the third law is we're either growing or dying so if you're open if you I can only work as a business coach I can only work with someone who's open to learning to grow to run faster to look at something different you have to look at something different if you looked at my, <laughs> if you looked at marketing in the same way as, as, as we looked at it 15 years ago Brad Sugars wrote books on marketing Nothing about social media because it didn't really exist 15 years ago, 12 years ago. And, and a good example is I, I had a guy, one of my, I suppose, proudest moments. I, I coached a guy who'd, he was, he was an ex-copper. He was in business with a mate and they split up. They got two sides of the business and they split up. And this guy said, I need your help. Um, I don't know enough about growing businesses. And, and he didn't tell me he was close to bankruptcy at the time. But 20 months later, uh, we sold the business for a million. And so he, he was financially free. But also in that period, I'd referred him and his wife, especially into Simon Zucci's mastermind program, uh, which is a 12 month program. And she built a portfolio of multi-lets HMOs in their, in their local city. And so she created financial freedom a second time for them both. And she came up to me and said, this is all because of you. We knew nothing about business and nothing about property until we met you. And I said, well, that's great. Thank you. But that guy over there, you know, he's another client of mine. And he had a two million pound fabricating business and he's gone bust for two million quid and put a load of people, made a load of people redundant. What's the difference? I taught him exactly the same stuff, same approach, same model, same tools. Your husband was open to being challenged, open to open minded to look at things differently. As a coach, I've got to push people through things they might not like to face because if they'd have been facing them already, they probably wouldn't need my help. And the reason they need my help is because they're not facing what they perhaps need to do or have learned what they need to do. 
I said, this guy resisted me every step of the way and he's gone bust. I said, so it's not, a, a, thanks, it's a huge compliment, but it's your husband that's made it happen. You know, I can teach two people the same thing, <clears throat> but I can only really work with anyone who's open-minded to learning, to looking at things differently, to wanting to work towards better results. I ask coaching clients two things before I start to work with them. One is, what do you want to achieve? So do you believe you can achieve that? Because if you don't, then we've got to work on that belief system, which is internal coaching and personal development stuff. That's fine. We can do that. Secondly, how committed on a one to ten are you to, to, to get where you want to go? Because if it's anything less than an eight, you're not committed enough, so I can't really work with you. But if you're eight, nine, ten out of ten committed, then the only question left, I believe I can get where I want to go. I'm committed to get there. So the only thing left is just to find out what do we need to do to get there. And and I can certainly got all the resources and people around me and experience to for, for you know to give people to to do that. Would you say that then the yeah, if we were going to, if let's just utilize that scale on a one to, you know, ten basis of of commitment and so forth. Would you then say that if you're at an eight, nine, or ten, then you do have that sort of, well, you do have that why? Because if you're not sort of motivated or inspired or whatever you know terminology we want to use, at the end of the day is it comes down to your it comes down to your why. Why are you looking to do it? And if you don't have a why, then you're probably not going to be committed absolutely rob and i think especially in property and property networkings and property trainings i think property the property training industry is one of the best personal development industries out there i believe coaching professional speaking and property are sort of three of the highest environments for personal development and you hear a lot about what's your why and it's easy said and i actually struggled with this when i started i came out of employment as a 40 year, 40 grand, 40 year, 40 grand a year branch manager and, and set up my own business. And, and what was my why? I want to make more money. I can make more money for myself. And, and that was, got me so far. But now you've heard part of my why is being abroad, not working. But it doesn't matter what, whatever your why is. And, and there's some people around me and, and people you will know and have heard of, especially in the property industry, got some phenomenal whys around, um, especially disabled kids. Um, but the, we hear about it, and certainly for me, and I think for a lot of people I met, it's, yeah, yeah, but what does that mean? And I had somebody the other day, and I said, it doesn't matter, because uh, he thought, well, I've got to have this big why. I said, no, you haven't. You've just got to have a, a, anything that is important to you. Put a stake in the ground and start. If you can't think forward five or ten years, because there's a lot of alligators in the swamp around us right now, then, then what is it you want to achieve in a year's time? And equally, I think most people at some level do understand their why, but don't haven't really sort of realized it and got it out. So I had a coaching call with a client yesterday. I've been coaching him for five years and he was talking about the stress in the business and what was going on. I said, why are you doing this? He said, I want to leave a legacy for my kids. Oh, and he said, I've got a question for you. How do, he's a builder. Uh, how do I build a skyscraper? I said, I don't know. Why do you ask? He said, because those things will stand for hundreds of years. And if I build one, it will be a legacy. People will remember me. I want to build a portfolio that my kids understand how to run and they're financially free. I said, that's your why. Write it down. Put it on a board. Look at it every day. Visualize it. Let it become part of you. Because people don't, first of all, stop and think, what is my why? And then secondly, they don't make it real enough and they don't make it uh, consistent enough. So yeah, what is it? it? For me, it's just my my why is I don't want to work. 
I don't want to have to get up and work. And then I, I want to be able to travel. I want to go to some great places. I love people. I want to meet lots of people, especially in the sun. And then I can spend time giving back because what I also love is sharing this stuff. You know, I, I know I've got lots of experience, lots of success, and there's lots I can share people because I don't think I'm anything special. I didn't go to university. I did one term at college. I've learned more since I left education. I'm not saying you're not, you know, my brother's an, been gone through academia as a successful lawyer. Um, but for me, I, I don't think that I'm anything special other than somehow I've got a passion for it. So what is it you really enjoy? What is it you're passionate about? What do you really want to do? And, and what I say to people is when you're dis defining the what, let go of the little voice that says how. Because people say, well, I want a big new house or I want, you know, I want to be financially free. But I don't know how to get there and I can't buy enough property and I don't have enough money. And I go, whoa, whoa, stop. That's all the how, the strategy. Ignore that for step one. Just get clear on the what do you want to achieve? Then we, the, for me, the working out the how is the easy bit. You know, there's all the content and the, the, the right stuff out there. Um, and when it comes to sales, marketing, systems, recruiting team, finance, whether the business is selling widgets or buying and renting houses, it doesn't matter. It's a business. Now, don't get hung up on it being different. Branson, what does he know about? All right, cola didn't work, but trains have for a while. It doesn't matter what big, he's got some extremely different businesses. It's the same process. So step one is, yeah, think about what is it to you? And, and there's no rules because... You know, there's no, there shouldn't be any expectations. There's no rules. It's whatever you choose it to be. And and I, I had a, a lady who was a property investor. Come, I speak, I speak at every one of Simon's masterminds. I'm speaking at 27 in the next few weeks. That's how many there's been in 12 years. And this lady said, my IFA has suggested that perhaps I don't look for five HMOs this year, maybe two or three. I said, how many HMOs has your IFA got? She said, none. Why? And I swore. I said, don't freaking listen to him. Who the hell is he to tell you not to aim for five HMOs? If that's what you want to do, why do you want to do it? Well, then I can quit my corporate job and I can do blah, blah, blah. I said, cool, go for it. All you got to, what you got to do is just, we got to work out and get clear on how you're going to get there. Yeah, there's a couple of points that you make there. I just want to touch on and add, add to, you know, number one, limits only exist in the mind. Absolutely. Uh, and secondly, um, I think it was a German philosopher, Friedrich Nietzsche, um, or so along those lines um, with the phrase he who has a strong enough why can conquer any how so as you say you know, know your why and then the rest of it will figure itself out in due course yeah as, yes and, and as long as you keep focused on it and, and the reason I got so so frustrated with Spain because we would go out in timeshare and I'd go out for two and three weeks and, and around the world I'd go to Thailand for three weeks and I'd work bit more bit more of a challenge because of the time difference spain easy and i'd come back and i go i've been there i've done it i've experienced it i've smelt it i've tasted it i want i want more of it so i would tell my clients when you're clear on what you want go, go find a way if it's the new car go test drive the car go rent it for a weekend until you can afford to buy it let it let it become real you know it's too it's too easy not to so yeah what, what's the why and and it's whatever it is to you you know, it, it doesn't have to be global and life changing for millions of people. It's whatever it is to you. And that's the important thing. That's the thing that we, we need to you know, resonate is that, you know, not everyone's going to come in. And when they started on, 
you know, not just their own businesses and you know, property and so forth. It's not necessarily about, you know, oh, I must have a thousand HMOs or, or any of that. You know, you might find that having a portfolio of 15, 20 buy-to-lets, if that gives you the income that you need, uh, that you're happy with, and it works for you, then that works for you. There's really there's really no right or wrong uh, at the end of the day. Um, you know, e- each one of us is different. Yeah, I think the I think the overriding number one rule is to be brutally honest with yourself or totally honest with yourself. You know, I coached a guy with 150 properties and it was like, why have you got this many? He went, I don't know, I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. But he wouldn't tell anyone in his village what he did. And I said, why not? He said, I don't want people clinging on to me like lottery winners and, and talking to me because they know I'm a multimillionaire. I went, so you're sort of living your, your life in the shadows, you know, and, and why are you worrying what other people think? I do a lot around affirmations and here's one of the best affirmations. What other people, most, when you drill things down, a lot of people ultimately are concerned what people think of them because we're brought up to dress right, look right, don't say this. Um, what will the, what will the, you know, what will the people in interview think? What will Mrs. Jones think? Um, you know, people say to me, I'm scared to stand on stage. Why? What are you worried about? Well, I might mess it up. So what? What are you worried about? Well, the audience might think I'm daft. Aha. Ultimately, you're worried about what people think of you. So here's my affirmation every day. What other people think of me is none of my business. Because you can't, I don't know what I'm thinking of me some of the time. There's no way you can work out what I think of you unless I tell you. And then what does it matter? You know, of course I care. I don't want to upset people. But if you tell me, you know, I don't like the look of your beard. Okay, it's your opinion. That's cool. I like it. And lots of other people say they like it. But then I'm not worried about lots of other people. I like it. <laughs> um, so what do the people think of me is none of my business. So because people are worried about that. Where, where was I going with that? Um, I don't know. I think it was around the ah. So the guy with 150 properties. But the other thing as well, Rob, the, the older I've got in the last few years, the, the less I've realized I had a mate of mine, very successful, financially free in sort of three areas. And years ago, he said to me, how much do you really need to live on? I went, oh, I need 10 grand a month coming from property, then the 20 grand a month coming from this business. And that, that, that. he said, really? And I went away and I thought about it. I thought, if I look at our lifestyle, what would I do? I, I don't have a yearning to have a luxury yacht. I don't have a yearning to stay in five-star hotels all around the world or whatever it might be. And I worked out how much I needed. And I realized that actually that's quick and easy to get, not just from property, but re- reducing over, you know, overheads and costs. But you've mentioned 10 or 15 HMOs. I'm, I'm doing right now an SA deal where we're buying an eight bed, um, me and a JV coaching client business partner. I do a lot with Wealth Dynamics, the profile, and I think it's important. You can and will often achieve more with working with someone else. Two and three heads are better than one. One plus one will equal three, four, five, six, whatever. Um, and you need your yang to your yin. You need the person who can fill your weaknesses and can has strengths in other areas you don't. And so me and him are doing this JV. We're buying an eight-bed B&B, turning it into a 12, maybe 14-bed high-end SA that will give us at least four and a half grand per month each, net of all costs. Well, how many of those do people need to retire, depending on your goals? You know? Yeah, not not uh, well. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say not many, but it depends on your yeah, but it depends on where you are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. And the and the travelling and the travelling aspect, uh, I think, really helps as well. Now, I understand if people are listening and they've done a lot of travelling, they're going to resonate with this a lot more than people that might be or might have never travelled extensively. But when when you're around the world, and you know, I mean, I've been fortunate enough to go to South America, Central America, 
you know, Southeast Asia and, you know, these sorts of bits and pieces, um, you realise that, you know, there are certain things that we do very, very well in this country. Um, you know, by that I mean the UK, there's certain things that we do really, really well. But also, basing this on the four-hour work week as well, similar things that Tim Ferriss has done. You know, having been, in, been to places like Argentina, I remember being in Buenos Aires and ooh, I'm trying to think how much it was. I think the hostel was about £4 a night. And you can go out, get a bottle of wine for about two pound. Um, yeah, and, and and many and many a thing. Speaking to people that own property over in, in Buenos Aires at the moment, I know they've got inflation uh, challenges and economic challenges, but you can get a decent decent two bed property in, in a in a decent part of town, somewhere like Palermo, and it's about three hundred twenty five US dollars, which yeah. you know, and it's when you put things into perspective, uh, and it's where the mindset comes in. Is you look at that and go, okay, well. Let's call it six hundred dollars a month US, so about five hundred pounds, you know, at the moment. Mm. Well, you know, the mindset then will be people going, "Well, I don't want to move to Argentina," or "What if?" or or, or this or that. So yeah, everyone's different. If, if you're offering me to go out to Argentina, yeah, I'll, I'll go for it. You know, and that really puts your expenses down. Um, but again, you know, it's, we can get into a whole bunch of geopolitics on 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 this. Probably not for now, but. Yeah, I think your experiences, your past experiences with travel will help to, you know, shape future decisions like that when it comes down to, well, I've got X amount of property, give me X amount per month, or how much do I really need? Um, you know, your figures of living in the UK are more than likely going to be different if you did decide to, you know, abscond and, and move somewhere else. Yeah, absolutely. And and I know, I know a lot of your audience, it's about, it's about travel. Um Oh, there's lots of things just as you as you're talking that through that's flying through my mind. We, we've chosen Spain. Um, Mary loves it, speaks Spanish, but I wanted to be closer. She used to live in, in Cyprus and work there. But I, Spain's only two and a half hours, not four and a half. We've been to Thailand. I love it, but it's it's even longer. And, and I've got parents over here that are aging and, and I need to be back right now for work. So Spain tick the boxes. So what are your boxes? Um, but also you talked about that. I said 55 grand house euros it's costing me about 180 quid a month because someone said are you going to rent it out i said why do i need to do that it's 180 grand a month uh, 180 quid a month in the little village we're in i can buy a bottle of wine for a euro i can buy a bottle of wine down in the town down the bottom of the mountains in the supermarket for a euro um it's it's it, it spins up a lot of questions as you say geospecific now what if you don't want to go abroad what if you just i got a mate of mine who's got a camper van he takes his wife and, and new daughter around France and Europe. And in fact, they're going around the UK for Easter for about four weeks because he can work on the phone. He can work. He's a, he's a, he can be a he can be a digital nomad. He can he can work around. Now, how much do you need to buy and pay the, the payments on a camper van or to rent one? You know, I've had a mate of mine just take voluntary redundancy at the age of 50. And he said, you know, I, I need about less than three grand a month to live on. And I talk to a lot of people wanting to get out of employment and get into property. And I go, how much do you need in your bank? Well, you know, people are doing rent to rents, which is probably one of the easiest strategies. I appreciate you don't get acquired, you don't get acquired to acquire the asset. But I've got people that are getting rent to rent properties off stressy landlords making 500 quid a property. We well, need six of them. And then what can you do? Go tour the world, go rent your camper van. So you actually, it can be easy to make money with property as well as, as you say, we don't need, if you, if you choose not to, 
we, we, it is an expensive country to live in this country rel relatively with taxation and stuff so if you really want to travel yeah, there's so much opportunity but equally i don't have to live out of a backpack um and especially nowadays you know so it's interesting isn't it there's, there's a huge amount of opportunity and again i bring it back to you know the digital age i meet people and go if you learn properly the right stuff can you build property portfolio and manage it remotely like tim ferris and my friend from anywhere in the world yes you've got to you've got to build your network you, you can't get away from working with people i just want to work with less and less people but are the right people so i don't want to build massive teams like network marketers might i want to work with a small team that can go look at my property for me refurb it manage it let it whatever uh, and you can do that remotely if you build up enough network. And I'd love to talk to you briefly about LinkedIn and how that can now work and has changed the face of a lot of things for a lot of people, because um, I think it ties in with that 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 travel and that property thing as well. Yeah, that's you're funny enough. Great minds think alike. So I was scribbling some notes down, thinking digital age, you know, now into the sort of the social media sort of age, you know, information and so forth. And you're very you know, popular, should we say, on LinkedIn and have some great you know strategy so yeah tell us more of of how you've utilized linkedin to grow your businesses and you know how how have you managed to systemize you know x y and z to make make your life easier okay this is going to be interesting for some readers but uh, some listeners but what the heck let's see what happens so i've always been on linkedin long long story short um seven years ago i started to look at it my background sales and business coaching and, and I found and connected with a, a, a corporate decision maker in the UK and got his permission to call him with his mobile phone all within 24 hours of sitting down at my desktop. And then I went, blimey, how powerful is this to find and connect with people? And that was seven years ago. And it, it's been exponential since. There's now like 26 million. I don't believe I said like then 26 million users profiles in the UK, half a billion globally. People may understand it. Um, the professionals will. Other people understand it. it's up there with sort of Facebook, but it, it is so different because it's the most powerful tool to find, connect and engage with your ideal contact. And as property investors, you need lots of contacts. So when I got this Spanish deal that we've talked about, I immediately went on LinkedIn. I searched my first tier connections for people in Spain and there are a bunch of expats and a bunch of people I'm connected to. And I just sent them all a message and said, hey, I need I need an English speaking Spanish property lawyer and Spanish mortgage broker. Within one day, I've got two referrals and the lawyer I took on, she traveled an hour into the house, met the sat, the Wi-Fi internet guy to install internet, open the door for him and everything over and above what I was paying her for. Awesome referrals through LinkedIn. My middle nephew's in China right now doing a master's. Um, last year, he got a two month internship in Hong Kong while he was in, you know, as he'd left university in London. Guess where he found his employer in Hong Kong from? Through LinkedIn in the way I taught him. So people don't realize what they can do and get from it. So you need to build your network because in the old days, we'd ask our friends, who do you know who? Now you, you just go on a LinkedIn and go ask your network. You can do the same. You can do some with Facebook. But LinkedIn is far more powerful. It's, it's certainly the professional business to business and business to professional tool. Um, and so I started using it and then teaching my clients how to use it. And I taught a lot of property investors how to find deals how to find cash investors, how to find power team and strategic partners. Um, now it's got busy, so you've got to be good. It's got to be the right stuff. So you've got to get your profile right in a bunch of things. I have, I've, 
Uh, two mantras, your profile's got to get found, give value to the reader like any marketing should, and we're in a busy world, so you've got to grab attention. And it's got to prove your credibility, which I think is more vital for property investors because there's such an explosion of property investors running around now compared to 10 years ago. But then your strategy is you've got to go out and find, connect, and engage in the right way. It's interesting. I've just upset an, an ex-accountant um, about my sales approach. He thought I was doing the hard sell. Now, the, as a business coach, the moment I hear that, I look at their profile. I went, he's an accountant. What are accountants notorious? I'm generalizing, but what are they notoriously bad at? Sales. They don't like it. Um, I get 12 inbound responses a day you know, uh, of positive engagement. And I get three or four phone calls a day because I'm out there connecting with new people every day and, and messaging and engaging with my contacts. Now, LinkedIn is awesome. There's so many things you can do with LinkedIn, but it's very, very limited. LinkedIn doesn't like uh, automation. There's a bunch of T's and C's, but if you're open to marketing ethically and you want to find out more, uh, I use some automated software that a mate of mine's developed. There's others out there, but this is unique. All the others that you're at risk with, but let's talk around. Um, I don't push this out on the internet because technically it violates their T's and C's, but so does letting your PA access your account. Any MD getting their PA to access their account also violates it. Connecting with people you don't know also violates it. I don't actually know the T's and C's for my um Apple iPhone or for Twitter or for Facebook. So I've got an opinion around it, but it's working for me and my clients. And I do believe if you've got something of value to give to somebody, then surely we should be able to do whatever we can to present that to as many people as we can. And so my automated software is out there connecting with my ideal target every day, messaging my existing contacts every day and doing a whole bunch of other things. And it's generating me well-targeted, well-qualified inbound conversations every day to the point now that most of my lead generation, and I sell this software, uh, I sell LinkedIn training and coaching programs. Uh, I do a done-for-you service now. I've got a lot of people going, great, but I'm never going to get round to it. LinkedIn should be part of the rest of your marketing. And I also sell business coaching and I'm looking for property cash investors like most property investors. So there's a lot of things there. Where was I going with it? What I would say to people is connect with me on LinkedIn because I have a huge amount of property connections, which immediately allows you to search for second tier connections. So you and I are connected, Rob. If you're connected to someone over there and I'm not, you're first tier connections, but I'm second tier with them. So the more first tier connections you have, the more second tier connections you can find in searches. So anyone who connects with me immediately there's another 15,000 second tier connections in their network, which is valuable. And a big chunk of those are obviously property related. Now, if you connect with me, my automation will accept and send you a series of emails, or a series of messages. And you might think, what's he on about? I was listening to his podcast. The moment you reply to me, I'll jump in and reply manually because I will reply to everyone that, that messages me. Um, and so if you think you ought to be using it, you absolutely, if you're not on it, we ought to talk about why you should. People are searching for people. Um, so if you're not on it, you're missing an opportunity to be found. Um, and then if you're on it, but not really utilizing it, here's the big advantage. This is what I'm excited about is most people out there, I don't care what industry you're in, are not utilizing it effectively because most people don't know how to market themselves and engage or sell themselves effectively. 
And so the moment you embrace this, you've got an advantage over any other people. Not that I care about other people. I'm just using it because it works. And I get people go, oh, it's a bit too good to be true. That's the limiting belief again. It's actually real. And I've had caseloads of amazing stories um, where people have, have connected and engaged and sold or done deals or, or whatever. Um, I, I had a guy in the property investors. You, I know you're into property. You're all global. You know, I, I stood up at a pin meeting. Oh, no, somebody stood up at a meeting once. It was a Chinese lady and said, oh, there's five of us. We've all got cash. We're looking to invest. You've never seen so many people swarm around her at the meeting. And yet I've had a client who said, I want to get to building developers in London. I said, cool, we can search for them on LinkedIn. And I want to hook them up with my Chinese cash investors. I said, cool, do you want some more Chinese cash investors? Yeah, that'd be good. Fine, we search and get to them on LinkedIn, you know, the Asians are looking to the East Asia and all those foreign people abroad are looking to chuck cash into the UK and invest in property. So you can use LinkedIn to get to them and engage with them. You know, it's just magic. Very, it's a very powerful tool. And I'll hold my hands up, you know, in terms of myself. Uh, and I speak on behalf of, you know, Matt as well. Um, so Matt, if you're listening to this, <laughs> I apologize if I'm tiring you with the wrong brush. But um, yeah, I, I certainly don't um, effectively use social media as well as I could. Um, that's, you know, I could probably come up with a bunch of limiting beliefs why why that is the case. It's never been, it's never really been me. I've always been more of, um, you know, of an introverted, you know, nature. Hence why I enjoy doing the podcast. But I have done public speaking before, um, and it, it is actually good fun. It really is. So. Yeah, I think if you have the right guidance from someone like yourself and the right strategies behind using various social media tools, you know, in this case, LinkedIn, and you get rid of those limiting beliefs, and yeah, absolutely, anything is possible. It, it is, and you're right, it's a limiting belief. But I also think um, that, well, there's, there's reasons why people don't do something. But 10 years ago, if I sat in front of a business owner, I'd go, here's a list of 83 marketing strategies we could talk about. Let's see which ones work best for your business. There was no social media on there, so I could now sit in front of someone and probably double that. So what, what do you do? Do you go on Facebook? Do you go on Twitter? Do you go on Instagram, Pinterest, LinkedIn? And the, let's go back to massive action right stuff consistently. You've got to choose the right stuff. And, and actually, you're probably not going to do it all, depending on the size of your business and your resources. So choose which is best for you. You know, I meet some property investors who are just starting. They go, I need one or two properties. I'm talking to people at networking events. I'm, I'm you know, looking at right move. I'm talking to estate agents. Um, and I'm going, you don't really need to pay me three grand over three months and show you everything you want to know about LinkedIn. But you ought to get a profile up there that gets found and, and tells people what you do. And what's happening nowadays is people are checking you out. And this is why I think it's important for property investors is you go to someone and say, sell me your house or lend me your cash. They're, they're probably going to check you out and, and they'll, they'll often go to LinkedIn. So you ought to have a profile, which can be quick and easy to do. But then I've got other investors who say, well, I've got websites. I'm, I'm going networking. That can be time time intensive, so we can leverage your time through LinkedIn. And I've, and I've got email campaigns going on and direct mail, and I've got Facebook stuff going on, and I want LinkedIn as part of that. Cool, makes sense. Let's go full into LinkedIn. Let me show you everything we've got. The challenge with LinkedIn is this, or the great thing is there's so many things you can do. I can post, I can go into groups, I can wish people happy birthday, congratulations on the new job, that gets me engagement, I can see who's viewed my profile and go engage with them, I can search people with such great granular search. But it's become, how do I do all that? 
that's where my automation and my software has revolutionized my lead generation and that of my clients. So it's happening consistently. It's taking all the grunt out of it. Um, so that's why if people are in, what I say is if you think you ought to be utilizing this as a main part of your business activity and marketing activities, then give me a shout. Let's talk about it. Um, if you're just, I only need one or two properties and I'm finding all the conversations I want, then you just need to get your profile right. Um, and I can send you stuff. I've got a, I've got a webinar I recorded and I've got a free PDF I can, I can give people. Um, so it's about the right stuff, isn't it? Um, it's about deciding what, what's working best and how best to use it. What do I need to learn? I, I'm now defining that massive action times the right stuff of the right stuff times consistently so rs underneath rs because you might say mark linkedin is the right stuff for my business great now i've got to understand how to work linkedin properly i need to go networking that's the right stuff very good so now what's the right stuff for the networking i have a five-step process i franchised my linkedin training and coaching rob i was making as much money selling linkedin stuff as i was business coaching so we have two great franchisees i've got a model to be able to market, sell, and deliver. Conservatively, I say five to 10 grand's worth of LinkedIn training and coaching and speaking a month, delivering from anywhere in the world to anywhere in the world. So I've had a coaching client that was in Tasmania. We had a Skype call like this over 12 weeks, taught her everything she needed to know about LinkedIn. I've spoken in Florida. That was cool, speaking to the Americans about their platform with this accent. Um, interestingly, my two franchisees are also property investors. Because property investors are always looking for multiple revenue streams. These guys can go and sell LinkedIn coaching and training to other property investors while at the same time it's feeding their property. So I coached a lady who was a, an investor and, and, in, and in corporate as well. And partway through, she said, I found a deal through LinkedIn that, 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 that I don't want. It doesn't fit my strategy. Do you want it? And I laughed at her and she said, why are you laughing? I said, oh, I'm sorry, I'm laughing because you paid me three grand to coach you on how to use LinkedIn over three months. And you're feeding me property deals. How cool is my life? You know. So I'm also looking for more franchisees that want to become professionals. We train them to become speakers, trainers and coaches. And we train, train them how to market and sell effectively. And it just happens to be we're using LinkedIn as the vehicle because I think it's the Tesla of social or I don't like the word social media I separate it from social media because we're going out to engage with individuals um but it's the Tesla of marketing in 2019 um and there's some great money to, to be made at that and delivering anywhere in the world you know I've got a guy saying can I deliver I want to go sail my yacht around the med can I stop off and can I deliver LinkedIn while I'm out I said yeah you can we might have to get a bit creative as to what you want to sell but I sell webinars um, I've just done a, two, two webinar sessions with a university in the UK teaching their teachers how to deliver it to their, the students. Uh, we do physical workshops. I coach clients like this over the phone or Skype anywhere in the world. Um, I do a done for you service, which is highly leveraged time for money wise. And we've got this automation that gives recurring revenue every month. So there's great opportunities for, for people. Um, I suppose, where am I going with that? It, it depends what people are looking to to achieve. So it's the right stuff for the right stuff. That's what I was going to say. I actually train my franchisees on my five-step networking process. So people go, I need to go networking. I go, cool, that's the right stuff. So the right stuff for the right stuff is how well do you network? 
you said you're a bit of an introvert. Do you know how to walk up? Have you got a process for introducing yourself to people? Can you discover their needs quickly? Can you get permission to follow them up? And then can you park them to go move on so you're not stood in the corner of a room all evening talking to one person? So it's the right stuff for the right stuff. So if LinkedIn is the right stuff for you, then it's about just learning how to do that properly. But going back to what you said, you, you can't do it all. So what are the key activities, marketing activities, that you need in your property or your business or your work that's going to serve you best? I've got a lawyer at the moment. She says, I do a lot of networking. I went, wow, how much do you charge an hour? And she told me, I said, how many hours do you go networking? She said, I don't get enough business from it. And she's now looking at LinkedIn because she can do it from a desk, from a phone, and she can save herself hours and hours and get to the people she wants to much, much quicker. So if it's if it's a new thing or somebody's going, I haven't really looked at it properly, I haven't really embraced it, then, then I'd urge you to, back to what we said at the beginning of this call about sort of keeping an open mind to look at what might now be there because it's certainly far more powerful in the last few years and so it's still relatively new. And it's only going to get more exciting as well um, moving forward in terms of, you know, the opportunities are endless uh, in, in all honesty. And it's, it, it's, it's, it's absolutely fascinating. And it's, Andy, it's been fantastic to be able to, you know, have this conversation and find out a lot more about yourself. And I'm sure that people listening, you know, around the globe, are, their minds have been completely blown by some of the content that we've gone through. So, you know, really just a, a massive thank you for you taking time out of your day. And I know we're speaking a lot about traveling and, you know, being around and about in, in the world, but, you know, you're recording this from the Midlands. I'm, I'm up in the, uh, uh, you know, northeast of, of England, but this feasibly, this could have been easily done with you know yourself in Spain and myself over in I don't know Mexico or wherever. Um, and that's a joy of modern technology and the way that you know the world is the world is going. Oh, it really is, yeah, definitely. It's it's been my pleasure. Um, and I'd just say to anyone listening, that the easiest way is connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, just remember, you might get a few automated messages, but then if there's any way I can help, um, a it will serve you to connect because of the second tier connections and the things I mentioned. But if there's anything um, that I can then do to help your networks or your clients, Rob, um, they've, they've, they've just got to ask. No, absolutely, 100%. And what we'll do is there will be links in the show notes uh, in order to get people to be able to connect with you easier as well, which will benefit yourself. We'll also put a link in the show notes for the Miracle Morning um, as well, uh, along with your your formula as well. But no, Andy, thank you so so much for your time it's been really insightful um for those listening hopefully you found you know this content to be incredibly useful for yourself i urge you to go and get in contact with andy uh, without a shadow of doubt and you know you will learn a hell of a lot from him so until next time thank you very much cheers rob 